Uh, go ahead and open up your Bible. We're going to spend some time in Luke chapter 2, uh, talking about some shepherds. We've been talking about finding Jesus. Uh, so they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. We've been talking about finding Jesus in different situations. Last Sunday, our associate pastor, Preston, shared on finding Jesus in the chaos. We've been asking this question because when we say finding Jesus, we don't want to suggest that Jesus is lost. So I'm asking you this question. Are you lost? Are you lost? You feel lost in your situation. Come on. Anybody like me, sometimes it's not that Christ is lost, but sometimes in my, in my heart and my emotions and my thoughts, sometimes I feel personally a little lost. Anybody else like that? Sometimes when you have critical situations, you feel like, you know, where am I? Where are you, Lord Jesus? Uh, I want us to look at some scripture uh, this morning and read this with me, if you would, beginning in Luke 2 and 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. In verse 10, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Verse 11. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men. On whom his favor rests. Now look at verse 15. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see the thing which has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And here's where we'll talk today. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. One of the things that I've enjoyed greatly during the season are testimonies. Anybody love testimonies? I have just adored hearing people proclaim the goodness of God and, and how he has ministered to them in their lives. Uh, a few Sundays ago, or excuse me, a few uh, Wednesday nights ago, we had several testimonies right here in the building of individuals who had come out of their lostness or family brokenness. And, and uh, it was just a celebration of the things that they had come, come through. I've also, uh, during this time, uh, baptized so many folks. Anybody remember when we had our, um, our bay baptisms? We baptized so many of you uh, out of the Chesapeake Bay. What a, it, it seemed like yesterday, and it was almost yesterday. Uh, just uh, September, I believe it was, that we all met out there, and, and so many were baptized. And then um, we have baptized individuals right here. I remember at the beginning uh, of coming back after the initial, uh, the initial quarantine, the initial shutdown uh, in, uh, in March and April and May. Just as soon as we got back, we had had some individuals that had come to the Lord Jesus and we baptized them. Wow, it was so, so powerful to, to do that. Um, I uh, had a brother that wanted to be baptized this morning. We're postponing that. But uh, he's probably watching right now, just lives not far from here. And uh, we were going to baptize him in a very special way. Uh, but, you know, we're going to postpone that. I was, I was literally, I don't know, maybe you're watching today, but I was literally at a restaurant uh, this past week. And 
uh, one of our sisters who was waiting uh, on tables just happened to get our table. And uh, she was telling me about all that the Lord had done, testifying about the good things that God had done, and uh, mentioned that one of the things that she wanted to do was to be baptized. And I'm telling you, sis, uh, we're going to make sure that that happens at the right time and the right way. We're going to get that done. But the, the story uh, that she and others have told me of uh, you know being lost and uh, living in a life of brokenness and then discovering Jesus. But here's something that I found. Just because you've come to Christ and you have a history of the Lord redeeming you, the battle's continues. You know, once you've, once you've been set free, the battle is a bit, is, it's different. It's no less a battle because once you surrender your life to Jesus, you are now a part of the kingdom of God. And we get very busy making the name of Christ known and rescuing the perishing. That's the story of our lives. Every day, we are busy making the name of Christ famous and sharing the good news of Christ, seeing the miracles of God performed, seeing God do supernatural things. Now, I want you to look in Luke chapter 2 and verse 16, because it almost makes it all sound so easy as if they just, you know, they just him. Uh, they, the Bible says, so they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. They hurried off and found Jesus. So today, I want to talk about these shepherds and their station in life and the place where the angels found him and teach you from the the thought, finding Jesus specifically by keeping watch. Keeping the watch. There were shepherds living out in the fields. Look at this. They were nearby They were keeping watch over their flocks at night, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. I love shepherds. Anybody love the shepherds? I love them. uh, One of the things I love about the shepherds is their outfits. Folks, talk about dressing comfortably. Uh, uh, Some of you, in fact, right now are probably wearing shepherds' clothes as you watch me this morning. Anybody sitting there in your house in your robe? Your pajamas, you know, just kind of hanging out. You're looking down at your feet. You got maybe some sandals on or uh, you're just wearing your socks. Maybe you're barefoot. You know, if you're like Tim, you know, Tim Romo, he's home barefoot right now. You know that. Uh, there's just kind of fun, just, just kind of relaxing. In fact, I'm thinking, why don't you right where you are this morning, why don't you do me a favor uh, and post a picture of yourself in your best shepherd's costume right there in your house. Okay, you're there, your family, people are in their pajamas, you're sitting around there in your bed. Just go ahead, go ahead. Look, go ahead and snap, take a picture uh, of your group or if you're there by yourself uh, in your shepherd's outfit. You can even post it here on Freedom's page. Uh, tag me in it if you want. I'd love to just like to see all of your shepherd's outfits. But I, I want you to look at their commitment as well. The Bible says they are watching over the sheep in the evening. Uh, I want you to see this. There's a part of the struggle that you may not even know about. It's called keeping watch. If you're going to keep the sheep, you have to also keep the watch. Now, shepherds represent us. We're believers 
Sometimes it seems as if the shepherds only represent senior pastors, but I'm in this apostolic role as a church leader, as, a, as your senior pastor, but you are mothers and fathers and you are brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus. Uh, you're not so far removed from shepherding as leaders of business, as caregivers to others. You are also shepherds and we are like sheep. That's true. But as we turn our lives over to Jesus, we are also like shepherds. We are guardians. We are watchmen over others. There are those that are watching over you in your life, but you are also watching over one another. I watch that as I see people saying that they're praying for one another, caring for one another. We care for each other. We shepherd each other. And there are those of you in this church and you have leadership over particular areas. You teach people or do a group. We care for one another. But the message today speaks of the call of shepherding. And that is the shepherding of keeping watch. Now, let me restate it. There are shepherds that are in the field keeping the watch. Now, some of you understand this. Some of you are in military. You probably understand this more. Because why are they keeping watch? Part of it is that they knew during these hours, it is very important to watch, to be awake, to be vigilant. They're in the field watching over the sheep, not just to look at them, not just to say, oh, look how cute the sheep are. Look at them over there sleeping. Look at them over there eating. That's not what's going on. What they understand is, is that any moment they could be dealing with an attack, they could be dealing with trouble at any moment. They're watching because they have been given the charge to keep these sheep. Not just to keep them, but to keep them alive, to keep them healthy, to keep them from attack. Our message today calls us to a specific aspect of our lives as believers and also to our own lives. We are considering shepherds living in the fields nearby, keeping watch. They are in the fields. They're not just cozied up by a warm fire, just hoping that nothing happens. They are attending to their responsibilities and to their callings. I just bless you right now, wherever you are. Maybe mothers or fathers and you felt attack in your life. You're feeling, you know, sometimes you feel that anxiety. You feel that stress of life. You're saying, well, where is that? I want you to know you're okay. Just because you feel like you might be attacked, don't, don't always just discount that. Sometimes you need to say, wait a minute, that's a part of my calling. That's a part of what I do. Wherever you are, in your home, your workplace, I mean, we can't be in this house today. So you find yourself, you know where you are right now? You are in your field. You are in your situation. You don't have all the answers. You're trying to get things done. You're caring for your kids. You know, I mentioned Emery is not here today, but he's been taking care of his own father at home. That's good. He's, he's a worship leader here, and he, he does great leadership, but he's also in his field. Wherever you are, whatever your situation is, for these shepherds, they were in the fields of Bethlehem. They were in David's fields where David had catch, kept watch over, over his flocks at night, doing what he had to do, not always feeling good about it, not always necessarily wanting to be in this situation. 
But my focus is this. They were keeping watch. And it just speaks of a few things about your own life. Can I just practically remind you what's really going on in our world and how we can find Jesus if we are watchful? Let me just make a few statements here this morning. Number one, we are keepers of the watch. Isaiah 62, the Lord speaks and says, Oh, Jerusalem, I have posted watchmen on your walls. They will pray day and night continually. Take no rest. All you who pray to the Lord. I love this truth. It speaks of the watch. A contextual reading of scripture suggests that to be at watch is more than a coincidence. It is a spiritual military position. The Lord loves Jerusalem and says that he's posted watchmen, prayer warriors. You may not be here, but you are busy praying Seeking God, covering your brothers and sisters. When the watchmen on the walls saw uh, saw the enemy coming, they moved into action. One of the things they did is they sounded an alarm for everyone's ears. They wanted everyone to hear, so they blew trumpets to warn the town to prepare for war. In addition to the natural watchmen, the Bible also speaks of spiritual watchmen who were usually prophets of God, called to deliver his messages to Israel and to other nations. Just as the watchmen were responsible for warning the people of approaching danger, God's prophets were responsible for announcing a coming judgment. With all that's going on in the world, with everything that's happened, We need to realize that we are not blind to the deeply spiritual aspects of the season. These shepherds were not just fulfilling their vocational role. They were standing in the gap for whom they watched over. Because although it could be a gentle and a quiet night, it could also be an evening of chaos and crisis. Mostly, they were watching for a possible attack. And that's reasonable. David explained to Saul that he had fought lions and bears and killed them to protect the sheep. 1 Samuel 17, 34, David said to Saul once, he said, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I I caught it by its beard and struck it and killed it. Wow, that's powerful. Just the thought that, that young David in a shepherd's field while keeping watch would be attacked in the night and he might have to fight a lion or fight a bear and that it happened on more than one occasion. These shepherds were aware of attack and their need to be ready and prepared. So, so let me tell you today, wherever you are, watch out for the attacks of the enemy. Watch out. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Now, when I tell you that, you might say, well, what am I looking for? Should I listen for roars? Well, some of these things you need to watch out in yourself. Some of you might be alone. So let me just speak of a few things that you might want to be aware of, some of the sounds of attack. One, loss of spiritual desire. You know, the goal of any spiritual attack is to turn you away from God and from what he wants to do in your life. 
That's why this is a first sign. You know, just, I just don't want to read the word. I just don't want to pray. I just, I don't have an appetite for being in the fellowship of the body of Christ. I, you know, you haven't listened to worship for a long time and, and meditating and sitting quietly before the Lord is not something you do. But when you delight in the Lord, nothing else compares. So if you've felt that loss of spiritual desire lately, that's, that's a lion or just Here's something else you might be aware of, just physical fatigue, just being physically tired. The second, this second warning is, is something that doesn't sound very spiritual, but keep in mind that we are created beings. We are spirit, but we are soul and body. If my body is weak, it allows things to get into my mind. Anybody know what I'm saying? If I'm feeling weak in my body, it seems like that can negatively affect my spirit. But we need to be in that situation until if my body is weak, I can still be spiritually strong. But that's because you are aware. aware. Keep in mind, when you're going through it, an attack could, could very well be an indication that you're about to be promoted, that you're about to see something great happen in your life. So be encouraged, even if you feel physically weak today, or you have a sense of lack. There are times when it seems that all of your resources have dried up at the same time. And the enemy attacks you in this to get your eyes off of God, put your eyes on other things, the things that I don't see. I don't see enough money. I, I'm looking at though things are being lost. And you make decisions based on just your fear or your worry rather than your anointing. Always remember... There are a couple of times in your life when you're especially vulnerable to temptation. One is when you have nothing, and the other is when you feel like you have everything. Stay close to God in the good times. Stay close to God even in bad times. And fourthly, when your prayer life is weak, that's a good sign that you might be under attack. Watch out for this. Remember Jesus said to his, to his disciples, In in Matthew 26, he said, could you not watch with me for one hour? And he said, sometimes the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Make sure you're able to pray and seek the Lord. What's going on with your prayer life? When you're feeling overwhelmed and helpless, that that, uh, when you just feel like circumstances are against you. Have you ever felt that word, that, that, that feeling that, I know I love Jesus, but look at the circumstances. If it's not one thing, it's another circumstance. Say that word, circumstance. It's it's two particular words. One, the the first half of it means to encircle, and the other, uh, where it says stance, is where you stand. In other words, you're standing, feeling encircled by what's happening in your life. And sometimes circumstances, it doesn't take long for feelings of being overwhelmed to lead to hopelessness. And the Bible says, hope deferred can make your heart sick. But faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. If the enemy can get you to lose hope, he can get you to stop living by faith. Six, sometimes old habits and lifestyles resurface. If that's going on in your life, that's a good sign of spiritual attack. Just old habits, old struggle. You know, you know what I'm talking about. You've been through it. You've overcome that for years. And you start looking at things that you shouldn't. Or seven, you're pulling away from godly relationships. You stop talking to brothers and sisters in Christ. 
Let me just tell you, just give you five things. Five do nots to break the enemy's attack. One, do not forget who made you. God created you. Amen. Do not forget the time and place of prayer. Don't forget that you're on watch and you need to be in prayer. Thirdly, don't forsake the fellowship. You say, well, but we're not having church in the house right now. Even if we're socially distant, we've got to stay spiritually close. And finally, do not disconnect from your shepherds. I've often seen people under attack who, who I wanted to pull close and help, but they refused. No calls, no, no messages. Don't wait until the enemy is tearing you to pieces to seek other brothers and sisters in the, and others in pastoral roles in your life. Don't just watch for attacks, however. Also, keep watch for the word. Luke 2 and 8, the shepherds were living in the fields at night, keeping watch, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, I bring you good tidings of great joy. The shepherds were jumpy. That's why they were, that's why, while they were watching for lions, they hear from the Lord, and his first words are this. You ready? Relax. Chill. Don't be afraid. I got a word from you today. When we're so tuned into attack, sometimes we fail to hear from the Lord. One of the greatest benefits of, of our salvation has to be that of hearing God speak to us personally. We have to be careful that while we're so busy shepherding in our field that we don't forget to hear the voice of the shepherd. Jesus made radical statements about hearing his voice in John 10 verse 3. He was speaking about himself as the shepherd of the sheep and the only one to enter the sheepfold. In John 10 verse 2 he says, But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own sheep, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. His sheep know his voice. I love that the shepherd of our soul still comes to us and speaks to us. In Luke chapter 2, the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good tidings of great joy. Today, the city of David, a savior is born to you. You will find him wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Now, you might feel this is not applicable to you, but can I tell you, we need to be listening to the voice of God. We're in these days. In Luke chapter 21, Jesus says this. He says, watch out that you are not deceived. For many will come in my name, claiming I am he, and the time is near. Do not, he says, do not follow them. When you hear wars and, and, and revolutions, do not be frightened. These things must happen first, but the end will not come right away. Then he said, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes and famines and pestilences in various places and fearful events and great signs from the heavens. There will be signs in the sun, the moon and the stars on the earth. Nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. Men will faint from terror apprehensive of what is coming on the world for the heavenly bodies will even be shaken at that time they will see the son of man coming in a cloud with power come on and great glory when these things begin to take place 
Stand up and lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Anybody see that? Can I just say this to you right now from a rejoicing posture? Jesus is coming back. Somebody praise him. I said, Jesus is coming back. He's coming back. And with all that's going on in the world, I mean, with this, as I preach in this empty sanctuary, as we have heard of wars and rumors of wars, as we see just difficulty in the world, I mean, you can almost check these off one at a time, one at a time. I believe Jesus is coming back. I believe Jesus is coming back. I believe he's coming back soon. Let me finish by saying this to you. What did the shepherds do after they heard the voice of God through the angels? They went and found Jesus. The Bible says they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. This was an awesome time. I, lo I, love, I love, here they are keeping watch, and then they have to go and find Jesus. So in your keeping of watch, remember you have to go and find Jesus. In all that you're doing, make sure you find Jesus. You have to find Jesus in all of this. You know, it is said that there are eight watches of the day. Those who are in military understand this. Keeping watch is important. The first watch is not in the morning. The first watch is in the early evening. We need these moments. I told you. Do you remember this? Was it last year? I taught you from this concept as we lit the candles of the Advent we need to do more than light candles here. You need to light candles at home and pray. But you need to pray earnestly. But you shouldn't. Here's what I'm saying in these days. We need to do more than keep watch in the morning. We need to keep watch throughout the day. We would do well if, say, every three hours we would pause, light a candle if you choose, and watch, talk to the Lord. Go find Jesus. Go find him. Take a moment. Every three hours, listen to the Lord. As you go through your day, listen to him. Talk to him. Worship him. Glorify him. We need more than a prayer moment in these, these days. We need to seek the face of God. The enemy is busy. We need to get busy seeking the Lord. We need to be busy in your home. Turn your home into a sanctuary, your car, your place of work, into a place where you can find Jesus. Repent, confess, surrender yourself to the Lord. I don't know what's going on in your life, but I challenge you this morning, keep the watch. Do you hear me? Keep the watch. Call upon him. I'm telling you as your pastor, our best days of freedom are ahead of us. Listen, would you do this for me? I need some communion. <laughs> you have communion there in your house? What I'd like you to do is to go ahead and uh, open it up there. Perhaps you have some juice and some bread that is there with you right now. Go ahead and open it up. Diana's bringing it to me. Thank you, dear. Love her. She's running everything today. Go ahead, get some bread, and open the juice. It's one of the great ways 
to keep watch is communion. Scriptures that I just shared a moment ago in Luke 21. Before he shared those words about his return, first of all, he had communion with them. And then he said, I need you to be watchful. I need you to be diligent. Be good shepherds. Are you ready to receive supper? Come on, take the bread in your hand. Take the bread in your hand. The body of our Lord Jesus. Break the bread. Break it. He broke it and he gave it to them and said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Take it and eat it in remembrance of me. And then he said, this cup is my blood, the blood of the new covenant that's poured out for you. Take it and drink it. The blood of the new covenant. Your sins are washed away. His blood is constantly removing sin, separating you. So whatever you're going through right now, the blood of Jesus, we just plead the blood of Jesus. Take, receive the cup. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Father, we give you thanksgiving. Thank you for this morning's worship that we've had today. I pray, Father, for those who do not know you, that they would right now surrender their lives to you. Go ahead, do it. Lord, I surrender my life to you. I confess my sin. I repent. I know in my heart that you have raised from the dead, Lord Jesus, and you are my Lord. I surrender myself to you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I pray for those that might be under attack, those who are keeping watch and they feel under attack. Father, we rebuke the enemy and everything that he has tried to do in their lives. Speak healing in homes and families. For those that are sick, that they may be made well. For those who are physically weak, that they might feel strength in their body. Come, Holy Spirit, touch them. Strengthen them. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Give you peace. God bless you all. I'll see you again soon. Bye-bye.